0: All right, good morning, beautiful people. This is Prison Focus Radio. I am your host, New Bay Brown. I want to say I hope you have been able to take your breath this morning, get centered um, so that we can move on in our struggle through the day together. Can't wait to get started. But before I do, I do want to say, again, Thank you for joining me this morning, and I want to give a big shout out to our loved ones, family, community members behind the wall, the behind the walls, and um, and your family members. So please know that we got you out here. And um, if you have any feedback for me, please reach me at. Uh, you can buy a letter. You can reach me at California Prison Focus. 4408 Suite A Market Street in Oakland, California, 94608 Care of New Bay. You can also reach me at the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper, where I am now the managing editor. And you can reach me there at 4917 3rd Street, San Francisco, California 94124. I would love to get some feedback from you um, about what you are hearing on the radio show and what you may not be hearing and would like to hear. We got a couple of um, housekeeping tidbits. It is KPOO's Fall Fundraiser. Please. Uh, Love it up with the funds. If you can, however you can, big or small, it is all welcome and necessary. In fact, we can only do this together. Everything we do must be together with the people in mind because that's really where all power to the people comes in. We have the power, but we must turn to each other and help one another. So if you can help out, KPOO San Francisco 89.5 write to them at P- KPOO PO box 156650 San Francisco California 94115 or you can go to kpoo.com and you can click on make a donation again that's KPOO PO box one five six six five zero, San Francisco, California 94115 or go to kpoo.com and make a donation there. Dig deep. This as deep as you can. This radio station is so important. It is one of the very few black-owned uh local radio stations in the country and I want to just say how grateful I am that they uh give a platform for one hour of prison-related issues. Thank you. I know of no other station that does that. Also, on this day, October twenty-second, 1946, an all-white jury in Holmes County, Mississippi, takes 10 minutes to acquit three white men of lynching Leon McAtee, a black man they flogged to death for stealing a saddle. That's in 1946, not that long ago, people. Um, Trauma runs deep, and again, self-care, care care for one another. Okay, we are going to uh, get started. Oh, also, today is National Anti-Police Brutality Day. That has been going on since 1995. Um, I think started by the Revolutionary Communist Party uh, of USA, It is also known as O-22, so again, National Anti-Police Brutality Day, because police brutality out here is synonymous with prison guard brutality behind the walls. All right, we have got an action-packed show today, starting with Tasha Williams, founder of We Bring Change and wife of Talib. Here we go. Okay, and please just one more thing. I got some breaking news that I uh, want to include in this pre-recorded show before I was uh, needed to send it off to our station manager, so I am encouraging you to please stay tuned to the end of the show. It is important that we have your attention for this show in particular, and the news is, of course, many of you may know this already, but the... Um, the California uh, First District Court of Appeals in San Francisco has ordered San Quentin to uh, release half of its prisoners. So please stay tuned to the end of the show. Thank you so much. Uh, good morning. Uh, this is Nube, your host on for some Focus Radio. I am here with Tasha Williams. We uh, And with Malik Washington, we are going to be in conversation uh, with her this morning. Tasha, uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I would love for you to start by uh, giving a little bit of background on who Talib is, who you are as a couple, and why we are are here today, Uh, mostly because there might be a lot of people listening that... uh, do not know about what it is that you and and Talib as a family are going through. Um, And also to uh, kind of refresh the folks that maybe have been following this situation and understanding that it is still ongoing uh, what you and Talib are going through. So um, Tasha, with that, the floor is yours.
2: Thank you so much and thank you for having me. Um, So, my husband, Talib Williams, is currently incarcerated at Soledad State Prison, um, where he has been since about 2014. Um, He is a revolutionary journalist. Um, He's written works from the inside um, for San Francisco Bay View, as well as his own um, books that he's written. And his last book, in particular, was about Soledad Um, and we believe that that is kind of where, um, the retaliation that he's facing now has come from. Um, a little bit of background about Talib. He's been in prison for 18 years and, uh, for 15 of those years, um, he has been peaceful. Um, he has no write-ups against him for violence other than a riot that he was forced to take part in uh, over 15 years ago when he first um, was sent to a level four yard as a 17-year-old child. Um, my husband uh, was sentenced to 50 years um, for the murder of a man who had... Previously, shot my husband four times and left him for dead. Um, my husband had no criminal record before the incident and uh, asked his family that, that he be relocated to another relative's house in another city, and he was denied um, those requests and um, basically felt that he had no other... Um, no other means to protect himself other than to purchase a gun Um, he was eventually confronted by the man who shot him um, and felt that it was kill or be killed Um, since that moment in time since that tragic incident um, my husband has done nothing but work to um, better his future even when He had no idea that he would ever have a future outside of prison walls. Um, Thankfully, the California Supreme Court um, ruled that it was unconstitutional to give a minor a life sentence, and so his sentence was taken down to 25, of which he served 18. But since he's been at Soledad, he's faced... um, Uh, an an amount of backlash that's uh, not typical for someone who has such a squeaky clean uh, prison record. Um, My husband is targeted for his writings. Um, He was the sole whistleblower for the July 20th raid uh, on black prisoners at Soledad. Um, And he has also outed the prison officials for their um lack of concern um at the beginning of the covid outbreak um since then my husband has faced a, a, a crazy amount of backlash but the the most detrimental would be the recent um stacking of um fabricated charges uh Basically, uh, someone posted a picture of my husband from 2018 on social media that was uh, apparently taken with a contraband cell phone. Um, The images on social media had nothing to do with my husband, um, nor does he have any way to post it, but he was written up for constructive possession of a cellular phone. Um, despite the fact that we had evidence that these pictures were from 2018, um, he was not allowed to turn in his evidence, nor was he allowed to call his witness, who was the warden who had our evidence, um, and who agreed that the evidence showed that, um, you know, that the images were old. Um. And so my husband was found guilty for the RVRs and the punishment for that was to take away our family visits for the next five years. And because my, because my husband has been in prison since he was 17, um, he has no children. And as his wife, I'm 37, no, I'm 38, (laughs) I'm 38 years old and, um, you know, my childbearing years are, uh, quickly coming to an end. So, um, they're doing anything that they can to try to even cause problems in our marriage, um, which in a normal marriage would cause problems, but, um, uh, you know, nothing, nothing can break my husband and I, but, um, they're certainly doing everything in their power to, um, Make life as hard as they possibly can, and so that—that's just um, the gist of what's going on right now. Right now, we're looking for a lawyer to try to help us out of this mess.
0: Okay, Tasha, um, thank you for for sharing that. Um, I know this is, you know, very deep and 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 personal. Um, you know, be having your husband, you being the loved one on um, on the outside, right? And mm-hmm. trying to care for him. Um, you know, his emotional needs, your emotional needs. Would you like to drill down at all any more about? What this really means to feel like not only is there retaliation against him, but what that really means for you as a couple. Did you want to speak more about that? Because I, and yes, or no, it's up to you. Um, No, that's fine. (laughs) Okay, because I, okay.
2: Yeah, so um, for us as a couple, it, it obviously does. Make things very hard because we went from being able to just talk about our day during our fifteen minute calls to trying to fit in as much um, as much of a plan uh as we possibly can to make sure that this doesn't get any worse um so our our conversations um you know they steered away from our relationship. And more to the things that we need to get accomplished, and so, uh, you know, of course, we both feel like we're kind of alone in this. Um, uh, but we also understand that this is temporary, and um, you know, we're not we're not gonna let we're not gonna let the pigs win. We're not gonna let them uh, get the better of us, and we're definitely not gonna let them um, destroy our marriage.
0: We just want you to know that what you said right there, that you are not alone in this, and this is what I really want the listeners to understand, that you are not alone in this. And it's very important that the people that are listening understand that pe- women like Tasha, um, other spouses, um loved ones on the outside that are advocating and trying to love the people, their people on the inside, as well as manage their life on the outside. Those are our community members out here. And so, yes, we can, we will help you in any way that we can, but also understand that, you know, you're trying to live a life out here and, and manage your life out here. So, People listening, I want you to understand that these are people in our communities communities that are, are, are stressed and, um, um, and dealing with something that is so personal that we don't necessarily know about. So, Tasha, thank you so much for sharing this because I think it's important for people to take this personally. You are in our community, so if you're having a bad day and you see someone having a bad day, try to think for a moment maybe what that person might be going through that you don't know. So um, uh, Tasha, I definitely want to give uh, Malik an opportunity to, to uh, say something if he has some, some feelings about this, but I also want to give you the opportunity if there's something that's coming up for you that you want to speak Mm -hmm. more on. um, And I, and I also want to give you the opportunity and we're kind of like going back and forth, you know, Uh, Up and down here, but um, I want to, I want you to plug Talib's work because he, he's been in since, uh, he's been since 17 and the amazing work that he is doing and the amazing work that you are doing. I also want to keep a, try to keep a balance with you about um, what that is. If you want to plug some of the work that he's doing, we'll do it now and we'll also do it later. Do you want to, do you want to talk, do you want to say something about that work and his books? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. So he actually has a website, um, talibthestudent.com. That's T-A-L-I-B-T-H-E-S-T-U-D-E-N-T.com. And on that website, you can see so many different things from spoken word to his blogs, to you can purchase his books, you can find out more about his life and his, um, his case, um, And and then you can also follow him on Instagram at Talib underscore the underscore student. And same for Facebook and Twitter.
0: All right, fantastic, thank you. Um, I know that I was interested also um, in the the ability, I wanna know if you also want to talk a little bit more about the ability for CDCR, these guards to arbitrarily, um, you know, lie, make up trumped up charges, uh, restructure uh, the narrative on why, uh, 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 giving a justification as to why they are re- retaliating against your, your husband, against Talib. Did you want to talk a little bit ab- about that, Malik? I wanted to know if you wanted to talk some on that, possibly.
2: Yeah, that's fine with me. Okay. Um, Should I go first? Yeah, please. Okay. Um, so, according to prison officials, um, this is not a targeted attack whatsoever, and they have per- perfectly reasonable, um, you know, uh, evidence that justifies and the ongoing investigation against my husband. Um, they're actually trying to validate him as uh, a member of the Black gorilla family. Um, which they have zero evidence of and have for years, the entire time they've been trying to validate him. But they know that once they do validate him, any commutation paperwork he files or anything that he does to try to be released is not going to happen. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Please, Malik.
3: Hello, Tasha. This is uh, Malik. Hi. How are you?
2: Good. How are you?
3: i um, excellent, and I would just want to thank you so very much for sharing. Uh, man, this is an amazing story, and it's also a very telling story. I yeah. have been following this specific situation with you and Talib from the beginning. I noticed that after Talib began to write essays and articles that shed a discerning light on the violation of CDC guidelines by Soledad employees, the administration seemed to get aggressive in formulating a coordinated program of retaliation and repression against Talib, and that actually is against the law because the U.S. Constitution, which is the law of the land, states very clearly that someone cannot be retaliated against for exercising their free speech rights, especially when these free speech rights are not promoting violence. And that was very telling. This, and I, I want, to, we seem to not be putting a name on this warden who has established a pattern of conduct of retaliating against black prisoners. It seems like there seems to be here the appearance of racial discrimination and racial profiling because it was very extraordinary for a paramilitary team to pull out 200 black prisoners at three o'clock in the morning on July 20th, zip tie them with plastic zip ties, place them in the kitchen area, no social distancing, no mask, and aggressively handling handling them, taking them out of their beds, some elderly and infirm prisoners, and throwing them against the wall. Now, Stop me, please, Tasha, if I'm lying. But from what I understand and the investigation that I've done, these are a stark violation of U.S. constitutional rights. So who is this warden? What
2: is his name? That is Warden Craig Koenig, K-O-E-N-I-G. Craig Koenig. That name sounds familiar,
3: very familiar to me. Wasn't this the same warden that was given some kind of congressional award a few years ago?
2: You know, I'm not really sure about that.
3: That name sounds familiar. I, I would like to ask our listeners. Let's, um, let's start. We really need some, we need some other eyes on this. Um, Tasha, I have been speaking with some of my close friends and allies who are basically in the legal field, and some of them are activists and advocate for prisoner rights, and they have suggested that we initiate a call to the senator over the public safety committee here in California. I believe her name is Nancy Skinner, and she's out of Berkeley. And we also uh, want to ask the new CDCR director, Kathleen Allison, to weigh in on this situ- specific situation with you and Talliff, And we're asking. That Nancy Skinner and the new CDCR director Kathleen Allison initiate an immediate investigation into the actions of Craig Koenig and other officers who were involved in this July 20th pre-dawn raid on 200 black prisoners. This is I, when I first heard heard about it, which was months ago. I had suggested that. We contact Karen Bass, who is over the Black Caucus, the Black Democratic Caucus in the U.S. Congress. She is a very influential and intelligent, strong Black woman, a principled Black woman who adheres to the law of the land and also believes that even even the less of us, of us, even the less of us who waller in these prisons, should be given our rights. We should be treated like human beings and not subhumans. What I've noticed is that Warden Craig Tony has established a custom, a policy, and a pattern of practice of retaliating against prisoners who exercise their free speech rights. So today on this amazing show, Prison Focus Radio, hosted by New Bay Brown, I am calling for not just an immediate investigation, but the immediate firing of Warden Craig Tonnake at Soledad Prison.
2: Absolutely. I,
3: I am just so disappointed in the age of COVID-19. We know, as people of color, we know, as oppressed people, that poor people Black, Latinx, poor Asians, poor Arabs, LGBTQ people, women. We have been disproportionately affected and impacted by this horrible pandemic. I don't understand the logic in taking your family visits for five years when in the age of COVID-19, I have to ask you, Tasha, how many times have you been able to visit your loved one? Hug him, hold him, kiss him, tell him that you love him and that you're there to support him. How many times since COVID-19 has hit have you been able to actually visit your husband? Can you tell us? I have not seen my husband for eight months.
2: Hmm.
3: That's, that's, you know, that strikes me as telling because CDCR claims that they promote, they promote family ties, that they encourage the development of family ties so that prisoners can make smooth and successful transitions into society. But what I'm seeing is some blatant contradictions here. Somebody's lying. So Tasha, please talk a little bit about the first the exercise of Talib's First Amendment rights and the connection, because it really seems weird to me that Paulib is now being targeted to be validated as a gang member after he has exposed the violation of CDC guidelines by Soledad prison employees. Now all of a sudden he's number one target to be validated as a gang member. And he's been incarcerated for what, 18 years? Yes. Hmm. I'm wondering, is there anyone listening out there is there any civil rights lawyer? Is there anyone in the state legislature that actually sees that there's something smells? There's something stinking and reeking coming out of that administration at Soledad. I don't want to continue and talk when I, we want to hear your voice. So I'm going to go Hi. ahead and leave this to my beautiful fiance, New Bay Brown. And so she can finish her interview with you. But I want to let you know that as soon as this show is over, over 1,000 concerned citizens and human beings will be reaching out to Senator Nancy Skinner, who is the chairwoman of the Public Safety Committee here in California, and the secretary of CDCR, Ms. Kathleen Allison. There are numerous, thousands, in fact, of comrades and friends. Who are abhorred and mortified by this unconstitutional action and coordinated effort to retaliate against your husband for exercising his free speech rights. Know that you are not alone. And know that Thank the you. San Francisco and know this that the San Francisco Bayview national black newspaper will support your efforts in securing time to build a family with your intelligent and beautiful husband. We support Talib. We support you, Tasha. And as his Muslim brother, I support him one hundred thousand percent. We love you.
2: Thank you, Malik. Thank you. Yes,
0: Tasha, um, yes, what I would love for you to um, yeah, continue. What how you feel about that and, and what it is that you feel like you need I know that uh, you you have put out a call as well. So you know, we're here. We're talking to the people. I hope that they are moved by what it is that they are are hearing. And I think, yeah, if you would like to uh, again um, speak a little bit more about why um, you are calling for help, because of, you can't do this alone. Would you like to talk more about you know where yeah. you're
2: from? Okay. So um, I am um, creating sort of a coalition of volunteers who are willing to help um, with various aspects of the Free Talib campaign, whether it be making calls or letter writing or uh, calling attorneys and organizations. Um, I'm even looking for a someone familiar with um, building websites. Um so that we can add, you know, a, a, the campaign to Talib's website and uh, keep updating people that way. Um, and if anybody would like to volunteer for that uh, coalition, they can message the Instagram account at Talib underscore the underscore student, or they can email me at Tasha Childress at gmail.com. That's T A S H A C H I L D R E S S.
0: Okay, Um, that's wonderful. And at this moment, too, we would like to give out um, an address for this phone zap that is going to be taking place uh, right after this radio program. And it is?
3: Okay, this particular phone zap was organized. And orchestrated by the Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee. And all you have to do to visit, to get the information in the verbiage of the phone zap, the information you need, visit incarceratedworkers.org forward slash phone dash zaps. Let me repeat that incarceratedworkers.org forward slash phone dash zaps. And we will be Reaching out to Senator Nancy Skinner. She is out of Berkeley and her phone number is five one zero two eight six one three three three. I repeat, Nancy Skinner, she is the chairwoman of the California Legislature Public Safety Committee. Her phone number is five one zero two eight six one three. Three, three, and we would like her to initiate an immediate investigation into the actions and the pattern of conduct of warden Craig Koenig at Soledad Prison. We also are asking that you contact the new CDCR secretary, and her name is Kathleen Allison. Her email is allison at cdcr.ca.gov. Small case, Kathleen, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N, dot Allison, small A-L-L-I-S-O-N, at cdcr.ca.gov. We are going to be updating phone numbers and more contact information in relation to the phone's app. Just please, we need your help make a phone call, send an email. The only way that we can provide a voice to the voiceless is that we have to mobilize and organize on the outside in order to protect the civil and human rights of the prisoners who are trapped behind the walls. I thank you so much in advance for everyone who is just going to make a phone call. Send out an email. It's not that hard. We're not asking you to pay any money. We're not begging for money. But while we're on the concept of money, please donate generously to this amazing radio station, KPOO 89.5 FM, the best radio station in the Bay Area.
0: All right. Thank you, Malik. Um, of course, Natasha. we want to make sure that you, that you get the last word. If there is anything that we haven't covered here. If there was something that came up for you that you would like to uh, touch on some more or or speak on, I want to make sure that you have
2: that opportunity um, at this time. Um, really, the only thing that I can remember that I forgot is that we have a uh, legal fund set up for Talib. Um, the information for that will be on his website um, very shortly. But um you can donate via Venmo at webringchange
0: okay let's say that one more
2: time on the Venmo app you can donate at, we Bring Change at webringchange
0: at w e b r i n g c h a n g e all right fantastic Thank you so much, and I really do encourage people to get involved. And we have actionable items here for people to, to take because this is the power of the people. We are. This is what we do um, as as community, as people that are fighting for the humanity. Our fight for Talib and Tasha is about the fight for all of our loved ones on the inside are people that are caged. This is about us because we are going to continue to be lied to by this system, CDCR. They will claim their narrative. We must claim ours. This is our chance to claim the power of the people and come together and get on these actionable items. Tasha has said what it is that she needs. And we are here with this amazing phones app. Thank you so much, incarcerated workers and Malik um, for putting this together. Tasha, just know that you are, again, like Malik said, and I will reiterate, you are loved, you you are cared for, you are not alone in this. Again, the fight for Talib and Tasha is the fight for all of them. It was only six weeks ago that Malik was inside And I was feeling the pain of being the loved one on the outside, okay? And so we must extend our revolutionary love and, again, all power to the people.
3: And in the spirit of the industrial workers of the world, an
0: injury to one
3: is an injury to all.
0: All right. Um, Tata, you, again, really... um, be here and, and bring your voice and, and bring your heart and share that with us is, um, is so powerful and, and so appreciated. And uh, we will get that. We will, we will get on this. We are here for you.
2: And so thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. All right. All right. Have a beautiful rest of your day. You guys too.
0: All right, if you've just tuned in, this is Prison Focus Radio. I'm your host, Nube Brown. Myself and Malik uh, were just in conversation with Tasha Williams, who is the founder of We Bring Change and wife of Talib. She was speaking on the ongoing retaliation that she and her husband are experiencing by prison guards at Soledad. So I'm going to turn now to part of a Pretty personal conversation uh, that I was having with my friend, Makini Ayepo, who is the founder of Never Forget, Never Again, Never Alone. She agreed to allow me to air this portion of the conversation where I asked her about the ongoing campaign, that social media campaign uh, by that is put out by Liberate the Cage Voices. That is a program that I facilitate out of California prison focus. And we are focusing on the California hunger strike elders. And her husband, Yafeo, is our first focus. His slave name is Leonard Alexander. And I asked her how she felt about the campaign. And your husband, Yafeo Yapo, is the first that we are doing. And we've got him out there already. We've got pictures of him when he was 17 years old, and now he is 64?
1: Yes, he Uh, will be 65 in December.
0: Okay. And um, he has been caged uh, for 46 years, which means you've been caged right along with him and has suffered the torture of three decades of solitary confinement Multiple parole denials, I would call seventeen is that correct? Okay. That's what we put yeah. on the poster yeah. yeah, so um this one can only assume how much this greatly affects you as well, but if you want to say anything about this campaign about what it might mean for um for possibly getting Yafeo out and the the many many other um men that have been caged in this same manner. And how this might be affecting you if you have anything to say about that we would love to hear it
1: you know I think that um, while wow, this has been such a long torturous road to get here I mean you know uh, we lost our visits in 1985 so in 1985 I think he had been in uh, ten years um, but nothing, you know, would have prepared us for a 30-year um, fight of, of, of getting just um, their release from shoe for something that they didn't do. It's not like a crime was committed and, you know, as a result of their crime, you know, they were sentenced to, you know, they manufactured these indefinite shoe terms. Nothing happened Um and so, but what they did was based on their political positions and beliefs, and you know them not willing to compromise. Is they sentenced them on these to these indefinite shoe terms based on what they potentially thought they could have done, or what they were, what they felt they were capable of being the worst of the worst by their words, by their definition. And so they took them on this long arduous, like you know manufactured like. I mean, mean, we could compare it to, you know, like the the Holocaust. I mean, what they did to them in terms of what they took from them, the deprivation, the the torture, the neglect, the emotional strain, the loss of family ties, um, I mean, what they took was insurmountable. Um, And along with that, you know, they took from from the families, from the mothers, I mean, from the wives, from the children, you know. um, We haven't had a contact visit since 1985, so now we're in, 2020, to not to touch, I mean, you know, at least when we were at Pelican Bay, I mean, we could, I could see him through the glass, and you know, you could do, we used to do the whole hand to the glass kind of thing, and amazingly, so, I mean, like, we were so connected then, it it worked, I mean, that was just our thing, it worked for us, it gave us a closeness, um that transcended those walls and I think that you 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 know when you are connected to somebody you know and you love them like that then the walls are not there I mean the glass is not there none of that's there it's just you and him um but in 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 the real life world when you look at like like if I'm sick you know who who do you put down as next to contact or who's gonna hold your hand or who's gonna do all those things when I mean, your birthday comes in? You know, I'd be in a workplace and, you know, people's husbands bringing them flowers and things like that. Sometimes it's those little things that we never, ever get a chance to to experience. Um, and so now we find ourselves here um, after the hunger strike, the success of the hunger strike, and then, you know, now we, we see hope. We, we see a, a light at the end of the tunnel because we have seen um, several brothers that that have been held in the same category as the worst of the worst with all these different, you know, these long terms and things like that that have been released. So we do see some potential, but I'm concerned that that window of opportunity, that window that this trend, this shift is going to close. Um, and so, you know, um, now they're, you know, we have this COVID-19, so now they can't really program. So by program, they can't meet um, the recipe or the, the, the order or the directive of the parole board in order to prepare, you know, they can't do that because they can't go to the class. They can't do all these things. And the reality is, is they should not even be required to adhere to the same parole requirements that everybody else is because they've they been denied all those. For 30 years they couldn't program and So now you want to come back and hold that against them. Right. You know, this whole debriefing thing. Um they're still doing the gang validation thing, um, which is, should be illegal, particularly the criteria that they use um, to determine it, you know, photos, letters, tattoos. I mean, you know, as human beings, we're going to attract to people that look like us. I mean, that's, just, that's the reality. That's the truth of it. That's scientific. They know that. So why are we penalized for it? Why, you know, why are the races penalized if? If I'm Mexican, if I want to hang out with Mexicans, why 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 do we have to be in a game?
2: Right.
1: So you know all of these different components that they use, um, the um, what are they the 1030s? You know, and and now they've even found out. I mean, CDC, small are, are so corrupt. They've even found out like even the corroboration on the 1030s, meaning the transcript report versus the um, recorded reports don't match. They're manufacturing those. I mean. Right. So let's look at who really is the worst of the worst. Because you guys mm-hmm. are doing criminal. You guys are being deceptive. I mean, who, you know, who, who is their judge? Who determines, you know, who holds them accountable? So, you know, with this campaign, there is some hope. Um, but it's like, you know, I think for myself, uh, I can't speak for anybody else. It's almost like, you know, the reality area, the truth of it is, as you know, like, you know, we've, been, we've denied our emotions. Um, for so long because it makes it look like maybe, you know, they've broken us. They haven't broken us, but we're human. So why put ourselves through that emotional turmoil of hoping and wanting and expecting them to come home, and then they'll just snatch the rug up? Oh, okay, well, you know what? You go and you you do all this poor preparation, then they'll come back and say, oh, you still have a criminal mentality Mm -hmm. because I wasn't able to convey to you that I'm sorry. Well, you know what? I've done 30 years. I've done 45 years. I'm sorry that I've done that. I'm sorry. I might not say the right thing to you to convince you, but I, I'm feeling something. But regardless, I gotta sell this to you guys in order to come home. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It, it, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And then they keep changing up the criteria um, for the different laws and the different things, and so you might have to come back and do this. I mean, it's just—it's just such an emotional. I can't even find words to describe just how painstaking it is. Um, but you still fight. And then and you look at like, you know, so now we have the COVID and then we have the age factor. So you have high blood pressure, you have diabetes, you have hypercholesterol, and then you have COVID running all around the up and you know, within CDC. and how do you how do you sidestep this? There's no social distance. I mean, it's hard sidestepping it out here in you know, in society. So how do you sidestep it in there? I mean I have my, you know, my choice of, you know, um, disinfectants and and masks and things like that. But how do they have, you know, if they want to stay alive? How do they get to control that? I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it's so. I mean, unfair is just like not really expressing it, but it's just not, it's not right. And I mean, you know, and so you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I, you know, I really hope and pray that. You know, the, 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 the trend that has happened, you know, in terms of, like, releasing, you know, the prisoners that are 50 and over, 60 and over, that have 25 years, regardless of if they've had a nonviolent crime or not, because they even have admitted themselves, meaning CDC, that they have aged out of the system, that their propensity to re-offend um, is, you know, minimal, I think 3%. So, but they're holding them as a punitive measure, and it's, 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 it's punishment. It's punishment and it's control because if without, I mean that's the huge large part of their population. If they let them go, then their money decreases, and so it's you know like okay, we can't let that. And I mean they're acknowledging that's a large part of it. And if we let them go, you know what's going to happen. And so they're willing to hold on to them if it means them dying in there. They don't care because right. you know they, don't they care. pipeline for 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 them you know to re you know they have the pipe the school pipeline and all the rest of these other pipelines. And they're just ready to refill those cells again. So, wow, this is a lot. But, you know, we are still trying. We are still fighting. um, And I know that we will continue to have some victories. Um, There's just no certainty. I don't think that we can be certain of anything regardless of what they say because they change it to their advantage, you know, to whatever they want us to hear whenever they feel like it.
0: They do seem to have the power. We see what they have done. And I i mean, it just gives me pause to to hear you, McKinney, and to think that, yeah, 30 years just to get them out of the torture of solitary confinement, right? 30 years, and yes, and here we are. They should have been out after that. They should have been given everything that they needed to come out. And that means that you... The, 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 the emotional, psychological toll on you as the wife of Yafeo, um, you've mentioned that as well. Do you feel that if there is a surge of people that, even just a surge of energy of the people, um, putting, making those calls, making the exposure, saying that no, no, we act don't, we aren't going to accept this. Um, does it... Does, I, I I hope it will bring some
1: hope. relief. <laughs> um, yeah. How does it make me feel? Not to be unappreciative.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm optimistic, but I'm realistic.
0: Absolutely. I Cautiously I'm, I'm,
1: optimistic. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. I mm-hmm. think I, I have seen what they can do. I have mm-hmm. seen them rip the rug from under us specifically, um mm-hmm. so many times and things that even other judges were like, No, that won't happen Um where they leave you breathless. Right. Like shaking your damn hair. Like this could not even this is impossible. This did not just happen. But it has happened. So um you know I, I have my eyes wide open. You know, I I know who they are. I know what they're capable of. Um, I don't think at this point nothing would surprise me.
0: Okay. Thank you. You, I cannot tell you how appreciative I am of that. And I know that people that are listening, I think it's really important to hear this from a place of let's do what we can, but understand, like, this is serious business, you know, this isn't taking it lightly, um, any of these things that we are doing, um, yeah, we have to be realistic about what it is that we are, um, that w- that we are fighting for, Absolutely. and that we are doing, so I, I really appreciate that, and I, I think it really uh, puts it into a perspective that's more sobering, and that is really appreciated. Uh, I again, thank you. Oh, it's my honor. Thank you for having me. All right, all right, sister. We will definitely have you again um, for sure because uh, we are going to be focusing on Yafeo at least for um, the rest of this week, and um, then uh, of course. You know who um, Isuma is. We yeah, will
2: be... <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, right, 65 years old, caged 46 years, 30 years of solitary confinement, 17 parole denials, suffering a civil death.
1: Yes. Just
0: I mean, so, okay, we take a breath with you, McKinney, and um, know that we love and care about you. Uh, because you've, you're in it in the same way. We might be putting a fail out there, but I, I so appreciate um, you know, hearing from you because well, thank you you, so much. you've been doing this as well. All right. We love you. We'll talk with you soon.
1: All right, sis. Good night.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, people. This is it. Let us reinvigorate the idea of hope again. Let's bring it back. Let's reinvigorate the idea that we have the power of the people to come together to make this change. Immediately following this show, make those calls. Join the Phones app by going to go to incarceratedworkers.org/phone-zaps make those calls also please join us in the ongoing social media campaign to liberate our caged elders. This is a campaign put on by Liberate the Caged Voices, which I facilitate with a focus on the California hunger strike elders like Yafeo, slave name Leonard Alexander McKinney's husband. Please go to the website to understand about the campaign and how to get involved with social media and calling the governor. Go to Liberate Caged Voices dot wicksite dot com slash site that's liberate caged voices all one word dot w i x -S s i t e dot com forward slash site that's s i t e If you have any questions Uh, reach out to me by email at newbay at sfbayview.com. We can do this. Look, um, in the San Francisco Chronicles uh, Wednesday paper, the first district court of appeal in San Francisco has ordered San Quentin to clear half of its prisoners. I will not read the whole article. I suggest that you do. But one of the most important things that they said is San Quentin has refused to release some of the most vulnerable inmates, those who are serving terms of up to life in prison and have already spent decades behind bars. Studies show they are less likely than others to commit new crimes while on parole, the court said. This is significant for the population that we are talking about in the social media campaign, and we certainly do not want Talib Williams to be uh, inside any longer as well. We don't want to hear about him 30 years down the road as McKinney was talking about. So please get involved. We've got 33 other prisons in the state of California where continued human and civil rights um, violations are occurring as well as racist retaliation like what you heard happening in Soledad. So I cannot stress enough how important um, today's information is and um, having all of you here listening uh please i hope you are moved tell your friends family loved ones um, about again getting involved all right thank you so much Uh, this is our show for the week and get ready for steve uh, work week with steve seltzer